0: newspaper full of very unserious partially real stories that the world needs to hear more listening and less reading than a newspaper but equally as sexy this is paper news out loud hello and good evening I'm your host Diane Weathersby hello and good morning I'm your co-host Florence strumsby
1: thank you for listening to paper news out loud Tuesday is the day of the week that episodes of this podcast come out which is what makes it such a good day of the week. But did you know that the word Tuesday is derived from an old English word, Teasday, (laughs) which means Tuesday, Tuesday. We're just going to say Tuesday. Um, T-I-W apostrophe S -S day. And Tu was a one-handed god in Norse mythology who was associated with single-handed combat. If you want to impress anyone today, I suggest you tell them the origin of Tuesday. They'll find you incredibly cultured, and they'll know how good you smell, and that you would make a great deity of the day of the week
0: Tuesday. Strangely enough, I did not know that. It has never come up in conversation before. You can also impress them by challenging them to single-hand combat. They will appreciate that you want to interact with them and love how fitting it is to do that on a Tuesday.
1: Now let's dive into the important part of
0: Tuesday, today's headline. So research into our headline was inspired by a sale at our local grocery store. The sale was that I could get six ice cream sandwiches for a mere 99 cents. It was a miracle and I bought 7,002 ice cream sandwiches, effectively emptying my savings account. It was worth it though for endless happiness. As I was devouring the 256th one, I started to wonder what glorious being brought these delightful sandwiches to my own face. Aided by an indescribable sugar high, I delved into the internet to find whom I should direct my gratitude to. Let's start by talking about why I love ice cream sandwiches. As if
1: you need to provide
0: reasons. (laughs) One, they are portable. You can carry them with you wherever you may roam. Two, they contain ice cream. Three, they contain cookies or wafers holding the ice cream together. Four, they come in many varieties and flavors, allowing for endless enjoyment. Five, they were very inexpensive. Six, they are often given out at events that require an easy dessert because they do not require any utensils to consume, just a desire for happiness. Seven, they have no nutritional value. I eat for necessity, but I also eat for fun. Having no nutritional value means that I am consuming them just for the sake of enjoyment. One of the first things I learned doing my research is that there are several books written on this topic, so if you want to do further research, you are most welcome to and even encouraged. According to the book of Sugar and Snow, A History of Ice Cream Making by Jerry Quinzio, (laughs) names are fun (laughs) the ice cream sandwich was first made and sold by a push cart vendor whose name was lost to time or never learned this person sold their ice cream sandwiches in new york city ice cream was sandwiched between graham wafers and the ice cream sandwich was born the vendor sold the sandwiches for one cent i thought i got a deal but now i'm feeling extremely ripped off Legend says that the reason the sandwiches were so cheap is because he was too busy to make change. If he were around today, Insider Food would definitely have featured his pushcart sandwiches in one of their videos. Also, how do you go about getting hired by Insider to do all those cool videos? The, the hosts just get to travel and find unique experiences to show the world and it just sounds like the greatest job. <laughs> and they get to eat! And like. they get to eat all different kinds of food and it just it seems amazing. Dream job <laughs> during my research i came upon an ice cream sandwich fun fact according to this fact a man named jerry newberg created the modern ice cream sandwich by putting vanilla ice cream between two chocolate cookie wafers this was repeated several times and i myself even took it as fact turns out the internet is an echo chamber of lies a writer named brave tart wrote about this <laughs> mystery man now folks I love Wikipedia. I think it helps synthesize information and can be a powerful tool for good. It has become more reliable over time and it is less likely to be hijacked and changed by high schoolers trying to mess with their English teacher when their English teacher decides to teach straight from a Wikipedia article that didn't happen to me. As wonderful of a tool as it is, it can also be used for evil. One such evildoer edited the entry about the history of the ice cream sandwich and added the line about Jerry Newberg and his supposed invention. The user did not use a credible source, and their other activity on the site was fishy." This is just proof that all the internet is a lie and we can trust nothing. Exactly. So who knew such a scandal could be birthed from something so pure? This is just a stark reminder of how misinformation can be spread and even the best of us can be misled. (laughs) One has to wonder about the unregistered users' intentions. What was their motivation? Was this part of some undercover sting operation? Were they coerced by the ice cream companies to spread falsities? Do they just want to watch the world burn? Whatever their reasoning, I hope they have confronted their own wrongdoing and turned toward good. Unless they are actually right and they are being silenced. The world will never know, I suppose. So different versions of ice cream sandwiches exist all around the world, so how cool is that? Pretty much anywhere you go, you can find an ice cream sandwich. Therefore, I do wonder if the ice cream sandwich truly originated in New York. Maybe this version most closely resembles the sandwich we know and love today. Maybe other versions of the sandwich existed that weren't documented or is widely popular. Maybe I have no idea what I'm talking about at all because I'm not an expert. But I am going to keep talking because I'm enjoying this. Alright, so the history of ice cream is complicated and dates back to BCE times. I don't want to get too much into it because that is another topic entirely. And it's a lot more intense and deep than just the history of the ice cream sandwich. Though I thought it was interesting that early frozen treats were snow drizzled with honey or nectar. The problem with this is that you can only get snow at certain times of the year. So when do you enjoy ice cream the most? Yes. All the time. False. That is correct. (laughs) (laughs) This will lead to a debate. (laughs) But most most is during the heat of the summer. Up here in the northern part of the United States. We have seasonal ice cream shops that close for winter because ice cream is much less popular when you are already freezing. Florence, I know that you base a lot of your food decisions on the seasons.
1: Accurate in 100% of the word. It pains me to eat ice cream in winter, though sometimes I do it because I am weak and ice cream is strong.
0: So I would like to open up a shop that has ice cream in summer and then it converts to soup shop in winter i think that'd be a lot of fun
1: okay that would be amazing it doesn't necessarily have to be soup but okay ice cream in summer and then hot desserts like lava cake in winter that's
0: a good idea too (sighs) like hot fudge oh
1: my gosh (laughs) like instead of ice cream they just scoop hot fudge onto a cone
0: that would be really good too i can't eat hot fudge i have in fact eaten hot fudge by the spoonful it's so good out of the jar it's so good it is so good That's a good point. There can be, like, a lot of different transitions, like maybe in, you know, October to November, you're transitioning to pies, so you're trying to wean everyone off of the ice cream Mm -hmm. by making it a side instead of the main dish, so you just have ice cream on the side Mm -hmm. of the pie. And then throughout winter, you're introducing more lava cakes and things like Like that. warm things. Yeah, and then you are easing back out of it in spring, and then in summer, it's just straight ice cream.
1: (laughs) It's the purest form.
0: So people back in the day did have a lot of ways to keep food cold in refrigeration systems that didn't need electricity. Uh, One way that the production of ice cream spread and evolved was through the Arab invasion of Sicily in the 8th century, which helped make a version of ice cream that was similar to gelato um, and made it popular in Europe and then eventually America. They took a Persian treat of fruit syrup, honey, and snow and then added sugar and milk. A version of this was also created and consumed in China in around 600, 618 A.D. throughout there. Um, I would also speculate that Native Americans had their own versions of ice cream, though I had a hard time finding like any reliable information. But I mean, a lot of North America is seasonally covered in snow, so I would imagine that they would also use fruit syrup and um, honey and things to make that early version of ice cream. Snow is just, you know... The Pioneer's Ice Cream, Nature's Ice Cream. And now we're told not to eat it. I don't know. It seems like, you know, they survived. Um, No one person can be credited for the creation of this delicious treat, nor can any one group of human beings. So we can consider ice cream a collaborative effort... And thank all the inventors whenever you enjoy it. You know, I feel like that's something about ice
1: cream to begin with. It just brings people together. Mm -hmm. Like, you never, like, feel burning hatred towards others when you're eating ice cream. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Unless you're eating a nasty flavor of ice cream. That's true. Like Superman ice cream.
0: I've never had Superman (sighs) ice cream. It's
1: kind of like cotton candy or bubblegum ice cream. They're just like...
0: Say, I used to love bubblegum ice cream when we would go to the fair. I would always get bubblegum ice cream, and I don't know why. Because now the idea is just weird. Because what if you accidentally swallow the gum? Wait, there's actual... I thought it was bubblegum flavor. I think the one I had actually had bubblegum in it. Like, there was actually bubblegum in the ice cream. That
1: seems like a hazardous food to enjoy. That's
0: what made it so cool. I don't know. I was young. I could just be remembering wrong. Um... (laughs)
1: And you grew up and ate mint chocolate chip like an adult.
0: I'm more of a chocolate, just straight chocolate Chocolate. person. I love chocolate ice cream. Anyway, peanut butter. Go on. (laughs) Peanut butter, that's good. Or like Butterfinger ice cream. Or like Butter Toffee or like Heath or anything. Butter Pecan. Basically, what we're touching on here is that all ice cream is magical and pure and delicious. We live in a time where many of us can make ice cream if we wanted to, though many of us don't. Especially since there are so many different versions and ways to make it. In fact, my parents do make their own ice cream and it is amazing and delicious and better than anything I've ever bought in a store. That's true. I'm not joking. It's so Mm. good. I have yet to try making sandwiches with it though, which is a huge oversight (sighs) on my part. Chocolate chip cookie ice cream Mm. sandwiches. Go on. (laughs) White chocolate, macadamia nut, peanut butter cookies, mixed mash. Maybe instead of sandwiches we should start making cubes, that way you can use a ton of cookies. (laughs) It's like a four way. Six Six. (laughs) way. There's six sides. Of a cube. Good try. You can make a pyramid though. Depending on the kind of pyramid, there could be four sides. (laughs) Okay. Anyway. This isn't a math class, we're talking about ice cream right now. (laughs) But since I am a DIYer at heart, I would like to come up with some sandwiches to try in the future. So these are some unique ice cream sandwiches for the ice cream lover who is everyone in your life. The first one, it's called the super size. You bake two thin cakes, then you spread an entire gallon of ice cream on one and place the other cake on top. It's a super ice cream sandwich. I would eat that. Oh, we all would. Hot
1: fudge, like you frost the bottom layer of cake
0: with hot fudge
1: and then you put the ice cream more hot fudge, other cake.
0: Cashews, peanuts, mm. anything. Just all the ingredients. Line it with cherries. Beautiful. <laughs> okay,
1: number two the cheesecake sandwich. The ice cream sandwich cookies around rich and delicious cheesecake, which is then frozen. It could come in a variety of flavors like chocolate chips, strawberry cheesecake, etc., etc. Caramel. Caramel. Again, oh my gosh. Again, hot
0: fudge. Raspberry.
1: It'd be easy to swap the cookies out for, like, graham crackers or other sort of wafers to add to the dynamicness of the cheesecake. Vanilla
0: wafers? Those are really good. Oh my gosh, like a giant vanilla wafer. Number three. This one's called We Are Infinite. Layer cookie and ice cream over and over and over and over again until the layers reach the ceiling, and then remove your ceiling, and then layer some more. You will have created a sandwich worthy of a world record. Make sure you contact the Guinness people, though, before Mm -hmm. you attempt this endeavor because they need to like verify it and stuff Mm -hmm. like that so you want to have that done and set before you make this amazing sandwich
1: yeah do it in a cold climate to protect the ice cream integrity
0: or turn on your ac that too
1: (laughs) okay number four the antarctica sandwich
0: so what could potentially
1: be the largest ice cream sandwich in the entire world the entire frozen continent of antarctica Two teams of brave adventurers each take a cookie and put it on either side of the continent, effectively making Antarctica an ice cream sandwich. They
0: will sprinkle chocolate
1: syrup over the ice to add more flavor.
0: That would be cool. Like, um, have a helicopter that just dumps buckets of, like, honey (laughs) and caramel across the continent. (laughs) That wouldn't affect the ecosystem. I don't think so. I don't think it'd be an ecological disaster at all. (laughs) Um, so this one, number five is called As I Lay Me Down to Sleep. So you will use your bed frame to craft a mold. Bake a cookie in the mold over an open flame because I don't think your bed frame will fit in a traditional oven. Remove that cookie and set it to the side for later, being very careful not to crumble it. Bake another cookie in the mold. Keep that cookie in the mold and then place the mold back in your bedroom Add a layer of ice cream one foot tall. Place a second cookie on top, the one you saved for later. Now is the time to bring out your artistic abilities. Frost your ice cream sandwich to make it look like a bed. Invite your friends over to eat your bed with you. It's poetic. It adds a new definition to the word sleepover. Okay, number six ice cream
1: sandwich. So the cookies are actually severed hands. And the ice cream is actually frozen eyeballs. You don't eat this sandwich. You just scream until you pass out from terror
0: and disgust. Really fun at 4th of July parties. (laughs) So gross. (laughs) This last one, perhaps the greatest one of all, is called Earn Your Cookie Peddling Badge. For this one, you will need to become a Girl Scout revolutionize the cookie sales by making all the cookies into ice cream sandwiches and then sell those for an increased price. Keep the profits and also half the sandwiches.
1: And also 100% of the happiness, because that would be incredible.
0: (laughs) You will get to see the smiles on so many of your consumers' faces and know that you made the world just a little bit of a better place.
1: Like ice cream has.
0: So it's all connected. <laughs> so don't be afraid to go out and experiment with your own kind of ice cream sandwiches. There are infinite number of ingredients, infinite number of combinations. So go out there and just seize your ice cream sandwich for all it has to offer.
1: To be well-rounded people, it's important to use large words that no one else knows the meaning to, but all not in, agre- in agreement when you use said word because they do not want to admit that they don't know what the word means. That's the purpose of our word of the day segment, to confuse your friends and to increase your sense of superiority. Today's word of the day, cofabulant. It is an adjective that means excelling at two essences, usually amazing or talented essences. An example is the podcast was cofabulant as it was both hilarious and educational. This is a great word to sprinkle into everyday conversation because it's just so darn positive. It should be used when you're describing something that excels in two positive traits. Like, I would consider myself cofabulent because I am incredible and awesome. You would not use this word if you were trying to describe something that excels in two negative traits. That's the antonym, unfabulant, which is used when something fails extra hard at two things. For example, our cat overlord Maggie is unfabulant due to his inability to exercise and excels at being a jerk who doesn't appreciate
0: snuggles. Try to use the word "cofabulent" in conversation this week. Here are some sentences that you can work into conversations to get you started. I love your outfit! It's so cofabulent, and the way that it functions to keep you warm and also protects you from enemy arrows. My research project was deemed cofabulant by the board. That's what happens when you research squirrel communication systems and the diet of ducks at the same time.
1: The cofabulant company not only smelled like fresh lavender and daisies, but was also a pioneer in environmental research.
0: This vodka sure makes my orange juice so cofabulant, tangy and boozy.
1: Girl, you're cofabulant because that brain and heart just don't quit. As to say, you're a smart and caring human who I respect above all things.
0: Shonda decided not to ask Brenda out on another date due to their lack of compatible cofabulance.
1: Look at how dynamic that word is. Since it's both incredibly tasty and philosophical, Diane decided not to eat the cofabulant cheesecake as it started to show signs of sentience and also made an exceptional roommate. It was then she realized the cheesecake was tri
0: Go out this week and not only use the word co but live the word co Today, I was writing out my grocery list.
1: Suddenly, I felt myself lose control of my own hand as another spirit took over its motor functions. At first, it just drew pictures of bunnies and donuts, but then it began to write a letter over the grocery list. It read... Dear Florence and Diane, I'm currently being haunted by a possessed doll. It's not as scary as you might think, because we're friends, and she knows I'm on her side, but recently her hair has gotten quite tangled, most likely from adventures she goes on late at night. She always returns before sunrise, and she's always covered in blood. But anyways, how can I untangle her hair so that she looks and feels her best, but also keep her from murdering me while I sleep? Best regards, doll gone Well, doll gone it, this sounds like quite the pickle. To be honest, I don't know the best way to keep your possessed doll um, from murdering you while you're in the innocent clutches of slumber. But we can help you to tangle her hair, which will hopefully put her in a good enough mood that she decides that she doesn't want to murder you. We've reached out to WikiHow to help us help you. There are a couple different methods to um, untangle and soften doll hair. The first is to use fabric softener. Fabric softener is great for a lot of things. For one, it makes a great substitute for vampire blood and potions because it's so full of chemicals and essentially is toxic. But it can help you out with your doll's tangled hair problem as well. Its deep, magical properties, including the smoothing curse that's put on each bottle of fabric softener, make it great for dolls, but don't use it on humans. So first you'll soak the doll's hair in the fabric softener. Since this doll has some sort of malevolent spirit, try putting in the softener in a bowl that has ancient ruins carved into it to put the spirit in a dreamlike state. Fabric softener has been used as fuel to feed demons for centuries, so the last thing you want is for the doll to become even stronger than she already is. Massage the fabric softener into the doll's hair until it's completely coated. So this is where things get a little tricky. In order For the magical properties of fabric softener to take full effect, it has to be allowed to stay on the doll's hair for at least an hour, if not longer. Lock the doll in a secure location. Try not to interrupt her normal witching hours. After the fabric softener is soaked into the hair, try combing the hair with the fabric softener still in it. As you should probably know, possessed dolls have a crippling fear of combs. Unless you want her to erupt into a murder frenzy, victim one, you're the victim, look for other items to comb with that aren't physically a comb. For example, you can use cobs of corn, porcupine quills, or knitting needles as alternatives. You'll need to rinse out the fabric softener. Be careful not to use holy water by mistake because that might have devastating consequences. Finally, brush the hair again with the same grooming item you used earlier. This will help the hair dry out and avoid future tangles. Now, if you don't have fabric softener laying around the house, um, the alternative is to use baby shampoo. Baby shampoo is shampoo that is made entirely out of baby bars of soap. Using infant bars of soap helps capture the soap's youthful essence, which is why baby shampoo is an excellent smoothing product for your doll's hair. Remember, do not let the baby shampoo age, Buy it fresh before starting this process. So first you'll fill a bowl with cool water. The water must be cold because warm water will heat up the doll's already hellish spirit. The cool water will keep the doll calm and relaxed. Mix in that baby shampoo until it dissolves. You'll know it's dissolved when the wails of the baby soap fade away. Wash the doll's hair. Gently massage the soapy water into the doll's hair while chanting something in Latin. It doesn't really matter what you chant, but the Latin will help soothe the spirit. Let the doll's hair soak in the bowl for about 10 minutes. And now is for the most important step of washing the doll's hair with baby shampoo. Rinse three times. It has to be exactly three times, otherwise this will open up the doll to another spirit. If this new spirit is also evil, there would be two evil spirits in one doll which would be a fate worse than death. Please, for all of us, rinse the hair exactly three times. After you completed the sacred rite of rinsing, dry the doll's hair with a towel or potato sack, whatever you have on hand. Once the hair is slightly damp, you'll want to brush it, again, with anything but a comb. Now that your doll has shiny, smooth hair, and this, in turn, has shown the doll that they can trust you and that you are their friend. It's a good idea to make doll hair conditioning a regular activity in your home. Here are some tips and tricks that you can try to prevent tangles in the future. Remove all items from the doll's hair. This includes things like bows, barrettes, wrap bones, wood chips, fingernails, and broken glass. These are all things that you'll commonly see in a doll's hair, so you'll want to remove them to protect the doll and yourself during the washing process.
0: Brush regularly. This could be a bonding experience for you and the doll. Maybe it'll even bring you closer together so you can tap into why she's murdering so many people or trying to take over the world. Comb the doll's hair and talk about your days. This will make you closer than you ever were before.
1: Avoid over styling the doll's hair, sure. She might think it's fun to use dried tears and anteater spit to stiffen her locks into wild updos, but these crazy looks can make her hair even more susceptible to tangles and knots. Convince her to stick with simpler styles like braids or a ponytail to keep her hair smooth.
0: Keep typical exorcism tools taped under the sink where the doll can't see them. Odds are you'll most likely be just fine while washing the possessed doll's hair, but once in a while they have been known to either one snap after getting irritated by one of the grooming supplies looking at you combs or two become so relaxed that the evil spirit tries to leave the dull host and find a new less comfortable host better safe than possessed by an evil spirit like i like to say
1: these are some ways you can keep your demonic bff looking her best for her midnight terrors and hopefully this will keep her in a good mood so she doesn't turn on you and kill you good luck
0: hey florence Can you pull this train into the motivation station?
1: Choo-choo. Okay, hobbies are things that humans and sometimes cats do to keep themselves from succumbing to boredom or turning to a life of crime, which I guess is a hobby, but I digress. Once in a while, though, we find ourselves feeling in a rut with our hobbies. How
0: do you motivate yourself to get out there and try something new? So I live by the golden rule, to be a jack of all trades because a master of none is better than being a master of one. In order to live by this creed, I must never get too good at something. I took up crocheting once as a hobby. After making a couple blankets, I decided I was getting too good, and if I continued on that path for, I don't know, several more years, I would become a master. My biggest fear. On the first of every month, I Google hobbies. After two days of reflection and preparation, I choose one to endeavor in. For the rest of the month, I devote all my spare time to that hobby. In the last few days of the month, I destroy any tools, guidebooks, or any information that was necessary for participating in that hobby. I destroyed all my crochet hooks in the garbage disposal. I take a vow never to indulge in that hobby again, at least until enough time has passed that I fall to a novice level again. This keeps me always learning new things, but never too much of one thing.
1: You know what they say? Knowledge is danger. Yeah. And knowledge is what makes the government come and take you away.
0: Exactly. Do you want to be taken away? (laughs) For
1: your crocheting skills? (laughs) (laughs) No.
0: (laughs) Florence, how do you shake up your hobbies? Well, as a rule, I try to try
1: as few new things as possible. But when I do, I always make sure I'm properly protected. For example, the first time that I tried tennis, I wore a full hazmat suit with a hockey mask over the top of the hazmat suit mask and then a bicycle helmet over the top of the hockey mask over the top of the hazmat mask. After I learned that I actually quite enjoyed this sport, I slowly shed helmets one layer at a time until I looked like a mostly normal person playing tennis. Though this did not help me be good at tennis, it did help me realize the hobby was not dangerous and something I could enjoy. Our challenge for you this week is to get out there and try a new hobby. You might actually like it, or at the very least you'll hate it, and be reminded why you stuck with your original hobbies to begin with. Today, as I was shoveling, yet another dump of snow that Mother Nature took on the Midwest, a penguin waddled over and started chatting about the weather. Before the penguin left, they turned to me and sang the most beautiful rendition of Itsy Bitsy Spider I've ever heard. A tear fell from my eye, but instantly froze on my cheek. That's a telltale sign that the podcast is coming to an end. Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to what we had to say. If you like what you heard, subscribe to Paper News Out Loud for more great episodes. If you like what you heard a lot, leave us a review on iTunes saying what you liked. Please include the 50th word on page 146 of the book nearest to you. We'll be using them to create a word collage.
0: If you're in love with what you heard, write secret codes on your nation's currency describing in detail what our podcast is about. Distribute the currency to local birds so that they may distribute the message of our podcast across the land. Thank you so much for listening. I want to thank Ice Cream Inspiration. I also want to thank Jake Harrison for allowing us to use his track titled Five off of his album Found on SoundCloud. Thanks, Jake. You can find his music through the link or by searching at this.
1: As always, we're looking to showcase community art in our segment, Community Art. I probably could just say in our segment, Community Art, and you'd be able to figure out that it's showcasing art, but I digress. You can submit short poems or visual art to us through email at alternaterealityproductions at gmail.com. Or you can just email us to say hi or let us know what you like about the show. All that jazz. Tweet us at reality out loud on the Twitter. Share with your
0: friends. We hope you learned a thing and made a laugh.
1: So warm. I'm just like. So I There's some more ice cream sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> and we've come full circle. like six thousand.